And here in Acts chapter 8, it's, it's talking about a man named Philip. And it says, the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. So, so uh, there's not a lot of explanation about what, what this verse is talking about. We don't know a lot about Philip. Uh, have you ever heard the word evangelist? He's the only evangelist in the Bible. Okay. Uh, it's the only one. It's the only one that we know is Philip the evangelist. So um, uh, we use this word evangelist uh, often to refer to a, a ministerial gift in the body of Christ. But in fact, there, he's the only one who is called the evangelist. And there's not a lot about him. But we know this, that the crowds uh, paid attention to what he said. Uh, why? Because they, they saw the signs that he did. Uh, what kind of signs? Uh, miraculous signs. So then it says on verse 7, For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice come out of many who had them. It's not a nice thing to see. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a person that is uh, possessed with an evil spirit and they, they start crying or swearing or saying bad stuff. Um, uh, this happened to me often when I was uh, in, in Ontario. Uh, sometimes people will even enter the church and we had this cathedral uh, with stained glass, beautiful place. Uh, I'll never forget once a, a lady that was brought with an unclean spirit. We were having such a nice time, you know, church was, you know, everything well organized. And she comes swearing and, you know, saying all these uh, four-letter words and everybody looking at the lady. And, and then she tried to attack me on the platform during the service. And um, at the end, we, we prayed for her. She was delivered. From that demonic uh, spirit, she became a, a church lady, you know, helping people, amazing lady. And, um, you know, when people are transformed like this, uh, and it says also many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So, so it talks about spiritual healing, uh, physical healing, um, mental healing. Uh, so, so there's forms of healing that we see here. Um, and so there were these signs, and there's a consequence, and this is the sentence I would like us to, to read today. <laughs> oh, he's getting upset. See, it's verse 8. It says, so there was much joy in the city. So i like us to think about this, this sentence. Uh, sorry, I did this on the computer, and the iPad is cutting the... Over there, but, but I'll tell you what's on the left side of the screen. <laughs> it says, much joy in the city. So, so there, was, there was this joy, much joy in the city. So as a consequence of, of the presence of Philip the Evangelist, one person, one single person, filled with the Holy Spirit, with the power of God, because of one person, there was much joy in the city. And I like us just, you know, to think a little bit about, about this aspect. Uh, 
Um, and again, you know, this is cutting my slide. Next time I'll put the computer. <laughs> but um, can we say that as a consequence as, of the church or the Passion Center or We Are One, you know, what we're doing here, is there much joy in our city as a consequence of uh, what's going on here when we worship God and when we, bring the, when we usher the presence of God into this place? I'd like us to consider this. Uh, and, and sometimes we, we, we're not seeing the influence that we can have in a region. And, and uh, the, the influence, spiritual influence is not measured by Facebook likes, uh, by Twitter retweets. It's not measured by uh, what the news media says about it. Because uh, spiritual influence is measured by God, first of all, by God. And, uh, and then there's consequences of the influence we have in a city. Sometimes we, we don't even know what is the influence. And uh, I, I put here a few brands, and again, they're a bit out of... This is Payless Shoes. Payless uh, is uh, closing all stores in Canada <laughs> and in the United States. Uh, I never bought anything at Payless, uh, so I'm not sad. Are you sad because Payless is closing? Some of you, yes. Yeah. I'm not sad because I was never able to buy anything. I tried. I, I thought, good price, you know, cheap. And I said, really cheap, you know. So, um, but I, I remember Sears. Sears was not either my favorite store. Future Shop, I enjoyed Future Shop. When Future Shop closed, I was so sad. But then there was Best Buy, so. But now when you want to go shop for a computer, you have two options basically, or three options. You don't have a lot of options. And so I was sad when Future Shop uh, closed. Blockbuster, you remember Blockbuster? I wasn't very sad, particularly when they closed, but, uh, or HMV, I never bought anything, uh, Target, Target, I, Target was uh, very quick, eh? So and I could give you a list of influential um, stores or department stores that um, are not here any longer, and this can continue, you know. I, it's too bad sometimes I, 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 I want to go to Red Lobster. You like Red Lobster? I love Red Lobster. There's no Red Lobster. It closed. <laughs> and, um, and, and so, you see, that there's brand names that are influential, and when they're closed, we miss them, but life goes on. Now, a church is not a department store, even though sometimes people look at churches uh, the same way. So they, they think, oh, there, there's this famous church in our region. We have like Église Nouvelle Vie, and we have uh, uh, you know, other churches in Montreal, and we, we say the name of the church, and okay, that church is there. They're influential churches, and sometimes things go wrong in the church. Like uh, nowadays, when people talk about the Roman Catholic Church on TV, it's usually to say bad things. So because the news media tries to associate um, pedophiles and a lot of wrong things that happen with the small group, with the Roman Catholic Church, because the, it, it's how the world acts. They try to link things, and people form their uh, opinions about 
politicians, about stores, about churches. So churches in the region. And um, I was thinking about our church because we, we're, we're moving to Brossard. Uh, so it's not that we're uh, closing the church. But I was thinking, you know, what will be the consequences of not having church here in St. Hubert and having it in Brossard? Um, will, will people miss the church? And if I think strongly about it, uh, I have to be honest, uh, I'll say that maybe a few people will miss the church, but not a lot of people will uh, miss the church because of the level of influence that we have. Uh, now, in this neighborhood, there's a lot of people that already know that we have a church here, but there's other churches. They're all influential. We all do different things. And um, it depends on the spiritual needs of a region. So, um, so I would like us to be more influential as a, as a group of people. And notice that with, with Philip, it was one man. And when he left, they were sad that he left. And the Bible talks about different stories. And the question I, I ask, if, if our church died... Would needy people weep because we're gone? And, and there's a story, uh, here it's very small, but in Acts uh, chapter 9, talks about the, um, a, a, Greek or a, a Greek Jew, a, a woman named Tabitha. And uh, Tabitha uh, was also known by Dorcas, by the, the, the Jews, so she had two names. And um, she, she was a very influential woman, helping people and helping the poor, feeding the poor. And, and what happened is she died, and the whole region was extremely sad because she died. Because she wasn't uh, any longer uh, among the living. And, and the whole uh, city and the whole region was weeping. Not going to tell you the whole story, but miraculously, she... Uh, returns to life and so, so there's an extension of ministry uh, because she um, was able to continue to minister now when he talks about Philip and it talks about these miracles uh, we need to think about what a church is known for nowadays and if I uh, talk to and I, I sometimes I talk to people and, and I talk about, you know, influential uh, churches in the region. And I try to ask them, and I, I, again, I don't want to mention churches so nobody will be upset. Um, or think that I'm in any way criticizing. It's not a criticism. But let's say there's a very young church in Montreal that is growing with a lot of people. And I've talked to people in the region. And I say, have you heard about this church? And people say, oh, yes, the music is amazing. Uh, I talked to another person, oh, I, yes, I went there. You know, they have a light show. It's fantastic. It's like, just like a TV show. It's so good. And they speak well. They're very organized. And all that is good. You know, I'm not criticizing again. It's fantastic. And uh, in our region, if, if I ask to people that are not Christian about church, their opinion is valued on stuff that churches do. Like in our region, let's say one of the influential churches that I mentioned, 
uh, has a, this great food bank. And years ago, there was, uh, you know, the ice storm. And the church was very influential, helping people through the ice storm, receiving people, hosting people. And, and then politicians were very grateful. And they want to take a picture uh, because it was a great thing that was done for the community. And so the church was labeled as a good spot because he's doing this for the people. And then this year was labeled as a terrible church because uh, this fake uh, needy person, a reporter, disguised in the homosexual, went to the church saying, I want to be healed of my homosexuality. And, and so they, they said, yes, you have a demon. We're going to cast out that demon. And this story end, ends up in the newspapers for two or three weeks, doing the front page of newspapers. And now in the city, the church is labeled as a place that doesn't like LGBTQP, whatever, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, you want to use. So you see... Suddenly, a church that is seen like a good church because it's doing good works can be labeled as a terrible place because it's not accepting uh, a group of people. Are you following me? I just wanted to share this because this is how the world sees things. And, and if you want to be a church that does social things, they're needed. So if we help people and we help people, it's great. And we can help a lot of people. But there's something that is beyond what humanly is possible. Which is the signs and wonders that Philip, that Philip did. Unclean spirits coming out of people. People being delivered, transformed. We have an awful lot of people that need deliverance from drugs. We have an awful lot of people that need physical healing. Things that are impossible. Let me tell you, when a church walks in the supernatural, then it doesn't matter if socially is awkward or not accepted or is different from society. And let me tell you, our society, if we compare to Romans and even to uh, Jews in those days and Greeks, our society is more pure than in those days. Even if we think about, you know, uh, uh, all depravity we see in movies and different things, in those days, things were not better than now. Because <laughs> people are still the same. So we will not be accepted by our social integration in society. Or for the social things, the good things we can do. And we can do an awful lot of good things. I mean, I, I mentioned those stores. Uh, let me mention a great place uh, here in Brossard. There's a food bank run by a friend of ours, uh, Stefan Plant. And that food bank is feeding uh, 1,500 to 2,000 people every week. It's a great food bank. It's a great thing. So if the food bank closed the door... People will miss it, but eventually another food bank will pop up. Eventually another way of helping those people will show up. But when we walk in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, 
that level of replacement is not necessarily possible. So remember this. We represent Jesus here on earth. And I cannot do miracles. But God can do miracles through me. God can do miracles through you. So um, again, you don't see here, but try to guess. The disciples created like a, a positive atmosphere around them. And, and so this, and, and Philip was used by God to bring these supernatural miracles. And people paid attention. Tabitha, Dorcas, same thing. So, so they, they missed them when they were gone. And I would like to believe that the key to create a great atmosphere is for us to be givers, not takers. Uh, you see, uh, a lot of churches and Christian groups are seen as takers. Oh, they want something from me. And so if you visit uh, you know, a traditional church, you'll be approached and um, you come once or twice and they'll say, they'll start asking, so what do you do for a living? Oh, um, I know how to, oh, do you know how to work with computers? You're just the right person. We need to do this. And, uh, and so we'll see, oh, um, oh, you're, you're so friendly. You're so friendly. It's great. So you're just the right person. We need to uh, do this. And, and you see, ch churches try to give different tasks and different roles to different people. And, and, and so the, the world will see church as a taker. They want stuff from us. Now, one of the reasons we, we usually don't take an offering here, we put the offering over there. It's so when people come for the first time, they don't get the impression that the church wants their money. Because if we, if we wanted money, we will not be doing church. <laughs> you know, if, if we wanted to make money, I don't think church is the right <laughs> Especially in Quebec, if uh, the, the average person doesn't give a lot to a church, I know you're different and you give more than average people. And I'm so grateful for that because we can run things. But we cannot be seen as takers. So, so we need to invite the Holy Spirit to take control of meetings and create an atmosphere of worship. There's this uh, scripture, Luke 6, 38. Given, it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. So, so but no, notice, it says give. It doesn't say take. <laughs> it says give. So th that's one of the reasons also why we encourage people to give in a church. So it's linked to this. But the church in the community cannot be seen as a place of takers, but a place of givers. Okay? <laughs> so I'd like just to ponder and meditate a little bit about these things. I told you I don't have a very organized message today. But usually churches will ask for time, money, ask you to volunteer. And, and then when a church is gone, it's not missed in the community. Because people will say, oh, that church, you know, they wanted this from me. Oh, they wanted, they wanted that. So, so the church has to change the image uh, if, we, if we're going to change the atmosphere of a region. So we should be uh, seen by people around us as givers. We have something to give in different areas. 
and, and we should have supernatural gifts uh, manifested. Because sometimes um, we, we think about Christianity and we think, why is Christianity so strong, let's say, in Central America, South America, uh, Pakistan is unbelievable what God is doing, all these places. And then we look at Montreal, <laughs> uh, we look at Toronto, we look at, and we, we think, well, there's a few churches here and there. But um, it's like we don't feel that we're creating an atmosphere that is changing a region. But let me tell you, if Philip was able, just one man, to bring that atmosphere where people were listening to him, I strongly believe that here in our region, we can do the same. And we can be more uh, influential. So, so uh, but we have to... Think about this and think, what can we give to, the, to our community that will create great joy in our region? Because if you think about, let's say, people with cancer, where do people with cancer go if they have cancer? Where do they go? Hospital. Thank you. Okay, so they go to a hospital. Now, imagine that you're like, let's say in the Amazon jungle and you and someone has cancer where do they go to get healing and you'll say hospital yeah but probably they'll go to a shaman a witch doctor or if there's a church preaching that Jesus heals they'll go there <laughs> I know this because I've traveled in the Amazon and in Africa and in different places where you don't have hospitals like you have here everywhere. So, so if a person has a, a cancer, maybe they will find a church, but it's not the first place that they will think they will go. They'll, they'll try this hospital and that hospital, and when hope runs out, it's when they try God. <laughs> okay, are you following me? So if as a church we want to be influential, we need to ponder these things. And, and maybe this is one of the reasons why in more advanced and developed uh, cities and societies like we have here, we don't have a huge number of people that have cancer coming to a church looking for a solution for their problem. Just think about this. So if we want to think about church in a community, sometimes we have to think, you know, what, what do we have to offer to the community? And, um, you know, uh, oftentimes it happened to me that I had possibility of talking to a mayor of a city, a politician, and tell them, listen, we have to offer this to the community. We have this to offer. When I was pastoring in, uh, in the city of Hamilton, there was a lot of mental uh, disease downtown. There was crazy people everywhere. I know we have them here, but uh, you know, in, in Hamilton, Ontario, there's a, a higher percentage. So I was able to tell the mayor, uh, listen, we want to help these people, these folks. And we're helping these folks. And uh, 
uh, w once we, we had a, a concert with a, a singer from Black Sabbath that came to Christ. Uh, his name is Jeff Van Holt. And Jeff Van Holt came to our church. And so the mayor was really interested because he knew that in the city, a lot of those people in the streets, they're heavy metal kind of people. So the mayor showed up at the church. I couldn't waste the opportunity. We laid hands on the mayor. We prayed for him. And uh, <laughs> he was a, a, a gay man, old man, but he felt welcome. So we, we were not there to condemn him or anyone else. So he saw, okay, if this church is able to bring, uh, you know, this heavy metal guy that is transformed, this is good for our community. So I want to be there. So th this is just an example to let you know, maybe that will never happen in Brossard or Long Isle. But we need to think, wh what are the needs? And, and as you are part of a community, you should tell this to people that you see here in leadership. And, and let us know. And, 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 and say, listen, there's a need in this area. And, and, and so then as a church, we can strategize to say, okay, this is what we can do for the community. Are you following me? And this is so important because if we want to be influential, maybe the right way to be influential in Montreal will not be, you know, casting out demons and, uh, and healing uh, the sick. Maybe there's other areas of things that we can do. Though we, we also have the presence of the Holy Spirit to perform those miracles. And then there's adversities. And we, we need to learn how to dream big. Um, there's a song on Christian radio that I hate. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's like the number one song in the United States. The song, the song goes like this. Dream small. And, and, and uh, I, each time I hear this, I have the Christian radio in my car. I, I have the satellite radio. I switch. And I rather listen to, uh, <laughs> to Justin Bieber or something else than a song telling me to dream small. I hate that song. I know there's a story to the song, but it's like pounding you with this dream small, dream small. Who's going to think about doing a Christian song, dream small? Come on. Dream big. If you have to dream, you have a big God. So dream big. And, and so sometimes you have adversities. And, and when there's something that comes against what we're doing, we kind of, uh, you know, start to move backwards and we we're intimidated but we cannot be intimidated no and and i finish with this in the first centuries christian church started to grow because of persecution because they reacted to the persecution and and, and uh, there was a culture of uh, there was uh, in the, the early church there was a lot of martyrs so we have all these Roman Catholic saints are from all these martyrs. And, uh, and uh, so when I st studied theology and I studied saints, it, most of them died of horrible death. Like, uh, you know, crucified, boiled in uh, um, oil, uh, you know, crucified, head down, and uh, another one. Uh, and, and if you go through the saints, I don't want to bore you with, you know, the names of all these saints. Most of them, they died of horrible deaths. 
And, I, and then I, I, I was thinking, I, I don't want to die of a horrible death. <laughs> Come on. Do you want to die of a horrible death? So, so that initial culture of Christianity was a culture where people will say, it doesn't matter what they do to me, I will not deny Jesus. So that was a strength of the church. But today, it's not like this. The worst thing that can happen to you if uh, you're a Christian is that you'll be banned from, from Twitter <laughs> or banned from Facebook or blacklisted by some friends. Nobody's going to boil you, you know, stone you to death, crucify you. But the church is still thinking about these martyrs and all these heroes. And uh, I don't know if you remember... A few months ago, there's this young man that tries to evangelize this tribe. And, uh, and they killed him. You remember the story? He tries to evangelize a tribe. And, and he's not allowed to go there. Because there's protection because of disease. This is an isolated tribe. And he thought, nobody ever preached the gospel. So I'm going to go there. And he ends up dead. So among Christians, some were very supportive. They said, oh, what a hero. Because he went uh, and he died for the sake of the gospel. Uh, personally, I think he was very dumb. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know this, the whole story. But I personally think because people told him over and over, don't go. And the first time he went, he had to run away from arrows. And then he goes again and he gets killed. Well, Maybe the Holy Spirit told him to go. I don't know. But um, half of Christians thought he was a hero. The other half, where maybe I'm included, thought he had a bit of lack of wisdom. Because, but because there's this culture of martyrdom in certain realms of Christianity, they think he did a great thing. Now, what kind of influence did he cause in that tribe? None. Zero. Zip. Nada. Zero. Zero. But in the world, maybe he motivated people to go to places or not to go to places. So you see, our decisions and what we do have a meaning. Now, in our region, we don't have to be martyrs for Christ at this point. Because we'll be persecuted. We face opposition. Whenever we try, listen, we cannot open churches like they open churches in Argentina or Brazil or Guatemala. We cannot do, uh, you know, the same kind of things in Canada. So there's a level of persecution. But our success is not measured that way. Our success is measured by the influence we can have in people around us. So... Um, if we think that we're not causing great joy in the city, we may have to uh, do an unconventional strategy. And I'd like to invite you to pray about this, think about what I just said, and, um, and, and learn that maybe we, we need to use some innovation in order to bring people to Christ and to be influential in our region. You know, just the way we do church here, uh, it's innovation. Because there's like a business running here, and that business allows uh, 
four or five churches together here regularly. Five churches that are gathering here regularly because there's a business. That's innovation. And actually there's people from other cities in Quebec that came here, they sat uh, with us, they learned how to do it, and now they're doing similar places in other areas of Quebec. So that's, that's called influence. Maybe you don't see the influence, but the influence is there. Or sometimes, uh, you know, uh, either in the morning or, or Ben, that we are one, we decide to do certain thing, and then we find out that people are copying stuff that we're doing. And, and that's great, that's fantastic, because we don't have a copyright of the Holy Spirit. But, but the strategies that we develop are being used not just here, but in other parts of the world. And uh, I know I, I have friends that check what we're doing, and they check it on Facebook here, there, and then I see they're doing the exact same thing in their hometowns, in Alberta, and in uh, uh, Toronto, and over here and over there, and, and we start doing something, and people uh, use that innovation. So I was going to talk about this, but I'll end here. But there's a parable called the parable of the talents, where it talks about um, special gifts, and this parable talents were um, actually a coin, those are little coins, and, and the, the parable is about a story of people that received uh, an amount of money that wasn't theirs, and they had to invest it in order to have a return on, the, on their investment and bring that return to the, to the master, to the person that gave them the money in the first time. So at the end, they, they, they keep that money for themselves. So, and, and the parable talks about uh, our life and about what we can do for, for Christ. Some of you have very peculiar jobs and tasks and things you do. It's very different. You know, you can use your talent, your abilities, in order to be an influence in our region. And that's what's truly important. It's not if the church has a thousand people or 500 people. That doesn't impress uh, much. You know, uh, I never went with Ben to watch the Canadians. We need to go together one of these days. But I, I went a couple of times uh, to watch the Canadians. It's very impressive. It's very impressive. It's this big arena and the lights and, uh, and uh, all this, the music, the atmosphere. Uh, there's a lot of people. Sometimes it's, the place is sold out. And it's so expensive. That's impressive. And, and so uh, when we see a, a church and say, oh, there's 500 people there. Oh, that's a huge church. It's not. It's not impressive at all. When you talk about society, if it's less than 10,000, it's not very impressive. And if it's 10,000, it will be just nagged and attacked and, uh, you know. <laughs> so, so what really matters, it's not how big a church is but it's how big of, a, of an influence we can have in the world around us. And so think about this, use your, your talents. And um, you know, the, the, there's one of these people that received one talent and didn't use it. And at the end, 
Jesus tells it like this. You have therefore deposited my money with the bankers. And I have received back my own interest. Take the talent and give to the one who has the ten. And, 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 and so, so the, this is the image of most Christians today. That they receive a talent that they don't use. And so I don't want anyone to feel that I'm condemn, condemning you. Or um, you know, telling you, you, forcing you to do what you don't want to do. But if you don't want to use your talent, at least you know, try to have a mentor or someone that can uh, you know, use the talent for you. Maybe your talent will be you know, giving an offering that will allow others you know, to be influential in a place. So even if you, if you give a small offering, whatever you give in terms of money, sometimes you have to see it as a way of enabling others to do a spiritual uh, job, a spiritual role. And, and, and so, um, okay, there was much joy in the city. So I like people to have much joy because we're in the city. <laughs> Not saying, you know, have you ever followed, you know, what's the name, the, the, that West, Westboro Baptist Church? Is it Westboro? So it's a Baptist church in the States. That's not a church. It's more a political organization. And whenever there's uh, something, they go there and they pick it and they do all kinds of stupid stuff. You think there's joy in the city because of what those guys do? No. It's, it's like hate. It's, it's, people hate that. So, so, so if we're doing something that people hate, we, sh we should stop doing it. <laughs> You, you know, one of the things I, I like is, is when I'm at home and, um, and nobody bothers me. I want to rest, nobody bothers me. Sometimes I hear the bell and I already know somebody's trying to sell me chocolate. Or it's the Jehovah Witnesses. Or it's the local mosque because the local mosque is also now knocking at doors. And, and, and so... Uh, Personally, it's not something that I particularly like. I don't know if you like that people, you know, knock at the door selling chocolate or saying, I want to talk about the name of God, you know, stuff like this. Did you really, are you really into this? I don't think the community is. But people are doing stuff that worked in 1950 or that in 1960 was a nice thing to do. There was no TV or black and white TV. And so if someone knocked at the door and they wanted to argue about theology, people were just excited. Say, okay, I can have an argument with this fellow. And they were all excited to have this argument. And then they will tell the whole family, you know, this Jehovah Witness came here and, and they wanted to tell me that the name is Jehovah and I said the name is Jesus. <laughs> and at the end, you know, Nothing happened today. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. You know, if someone calls me to sell stuff, I don't let them talk. They call me twice or three times every day. Every day. And I say, listen, uh, I appreciate your call, but I don't, I don't want to receive uh, sales calls, so please remove my name from the list. Thank you. Poof. <coughs> I, 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 I'm not rude, but I, I tell them, 
and I should have a recording because I, I do not appreciate it. So listen, if the church starts calling everybody or knocking at doors, it's probably not the best strategy. So pray about it and think, what can we do to change the atmosphere of this region? And you know you cannot do miracles, but you know that God can do miracles through you. So whenever someone comes with a special need or something, be bold and, and tell them, can I pray for you? Or if you don't want to do that, say, I know someone that can help you. Then you bring them. All right? And I like just to have this word of prayer because we don't want to be like Payless that goes away and nobody cares. <laughs> Think about this. We're the salt of this earth. We're the light of this world. 